the offices each day and how our church lives that life of prayer through the year. So that happens after the sermon, so come up and join us uh, if you'd like to have that, participate in that discussion. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Today is called Bible Sunday because the collect and lessons emphasize the Word of God, the Scriptures. It's instructive that Bible Sunday takes place during the season of Advent when we prepare for Christ to come. Bible reading is essential to our preparation. It is through the written Word of God that we come to know the Word who is made flesh and who is also coming again in glory to judge the world at the end of time. Bible reading is at the heart of the life of prayer. There is great danger in the life of prayer that our habits of prayer might digress into mere religious activity rather than the discipline of our relationship with the living God. Bible reading is the primary safeguard against that. Through Bible reading, we learn to hear what God is saying to us. Our prayer becomes a conversation. We learn to listen and not just to talk. Our Bible reading is shaped by the church calendar as a church. We follow two lectionaries in in the way we go through the scriptures each year. One is our communion lectionary, which consists of the epistles and gospels that are appointed for our celebrations of the Eucharist. The other lectionary we follow is what we call our daily office lectionary. This is the selection of readings from the Old Testament and the New Testament. They're appointed for morning and evening prayer each day. And this runs in a cycle every year, and it runs, this lectionary covers Monday through Saturday, and then Sunday we have Eucharistic lessons. And the uh, readings for each day are listed on Roman numerals page 10 through 41 of the Book of Common Prayer. One hallmark of Anglican spirituality is this cyclical reading of the Bible in the context of these daily offices of prayer. At the Reformation, the Church of England took the seven daily offices or seven hours of prayer practiced in the Benedictine monasteries and reduced them to two, morning and evening prayer, in order to make the church's life for prayer accessible to everyone. And the church, the the English church, embedded in the daily offices this pattern of reading through the Bible each year. Our lectionaries match our Bible reading themes with the themes of liturgical seasons that we find ourselves in the middle of. For example, during Advent, the daily offices have us reading Isaiah and Revelation. These books focus on our anticipation of the coming of Christ in salvation and in judgment in the same manner as the season, and thus we read the scriptures in a way that highlights the liturgical theme, and there we follow the unfolding of this revelation of Christ through the church year and in our Bible reading. There is nothing wrong with reading the Bible in a less programmed way. 
We might, you know, when we're praying, open the Bible at random and discover that God has something to say to us in a more randomly picked passage of Scripture. We might decide from time to time we'd like to read a particular book rather than the one that is appointed in the lectionary. However, this is not a sustainable program for spiritual growth. If your pattern for Bible reading is to get up each day and open the Bible at random and see what God has to say to you, the messages will be increasingly strange and confusing. All exercise requires some framework and plan, including spiritual exercise. Bible reading is not always easy. There are some seasons of time when messages from God jump off the page, but there are other seasons of time, perhaps when we're reading through very difficult selections of scripture, when we don't understand what we are reading, or when we're actually troubled by what we find in the pages of Holy Scripture. We must remember to practice humility and perseverance, which are central virtues in in the practice of all spiritual disciplines. Just because I don't understand it doesn't mean it can't be understood. Just because I am troubled by this doesn't mean there's not a reasonable and intelligent way to explain it. Remember, great saints, prophets, and scholars have all worked their way through the difficulties of Holy Scripture and found them to be spiritually profitable. It is not all about me. And the inability to understand is, in fact, the beginning of learning. If you don't understand something, you should look for an answer, and that's how you learn. The unwillingness to work at finding answers is a problem in our time. We have been trained so effectively by our consumer culture that we demand immediate gratification. The idea when we encounter a barrier that we should be patient and pray for understanding, that we should acquire some resources that we can look to to find some answers, or that we should go to a Bible study and ask questions is just too much for many. But this is often, in fact, merely an excuse. For people do go to great lengths to acquire knowledge when they really want it. We all do what we really want to do, and we all learn what we really want to know. We should at least be aware, however, that it is God's will to conceal knowledge and to reveal knowledge only to those who seek it by faith over time. This is the purpose of the parables of Jesus, for example. As Jesus said to his disciples in explaining why he taught in parables, quote, to you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to those outside I speak in parables, that seeing they might see and not perceive, in hearing they might hear and not understand. 
the willingness to seek until we find separates the faithful, God's chosen people, from mere religious consumers. But Bible reading is not really that difficult. As Mark Twain said, it's not the parts of the Bible I don't understand that bother me. It's the parts of the Bible I do understand that bother me. I had a whole season of my own life when I purposely avoided the Bible because I knew all too well what it had to say and I didn't want to hear it. The Bible is clear in confronting our sin and our selfishness and in leading us to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. As Hebrews says, the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. If we practice habitual Bible reading, we will be led to a continual conversion of the heart without any inordinate effort at research. <clears throat> habitual Bible reading produces a continual renewing of our minds. The Bible teaches us to think as God thinks and act as God acts. Beneath our outward professions of faith, we retain faulty patterns of thinking that we've inherited from other sources and brought into our practice of the faith. We feel guilty about things that aren't even sins. We call Jesus Lord, but we still need to control things because we haven't fully dealt with wounds from the past and aren't yet fully able to trust God. As we read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest the scriptures day in and day out, year in and year out, the Holy Spirit confronts and breaks down these false patterns of thinking and feeling and replaces them with grace and truth. And this work takes time. We learned our false patterns of thinking through years of participation in disordered human systems. And each day the world tries to conform us to its way of thinking. It takes years of prayer, Bible reading, and study for new patterns of thinking and feeling to root out and conquer our inherited false patterns. It takes a daily dose of the good news to combat the daily dose of the bad news we get from the world. This sermon is essentially an exhortation. Our church is built upon a commitment to the Bible. Our church gives us a way to read the Bible every day together. No other commitment you make in life will repay you as much as your daily commitment to read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest the Holy Scriptures so as to embrace 
and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which God has given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Not everyone that saith to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven.